Hey Riverbats, I'm Nora. I'm Precious. And I'm Sammy. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about all things honors. From professors to students and events we know you love. And all things nerdy. Now's the time. Let's get nerdy. Let's get curious. Good afternoon, Riverbats. Welcome to the Honor Spotlight Professor Edition. Today, we're going to be chatting with Jim Hickox from the Radio, Television, and Film Department. Um, Jim, can you tell us about some of the classes you're teaching right now at ACC? Sure. Right now, uh, I'm just teaching a couple of sessions of Intro to Cinema, um, which the, the class that I presume we're talking to, to me, the, the reason you're talking to me is that I will be teaching an honors version of Intro to Cinema also this upcoming semester. Um, but currently, I just have uh, non-nurse classes, as we call them, uh, uh, versions of, of Intro to Cinema, which is, it's a pretty fun class. It's, um, I mean, we mostly just watch and talk about movies. So if you enjoy doing those things, it's a pretty solid experience, I think. Awesome. Yeah, I bet that also probably is pretty fitting during a pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah, we are talking to you today about your honors um, intro to film course. Um, so today we're just going to kind of, you know, have a chat, talk about who you are, um, just so students kind of get an idea of what to expect in the classroom. Um, and I'll hand it over to Nora for now. She's going to have, she has some icebreaker questions for you. Nice. Hi, Nora. Hi, nice to meet you, Jim. Um, nice so you. yeah, just a few fun questions to warm things up. Um, what was the most embarrassing fashion trend that you used to rock? Oh, that's, I've always been uh, pretty boring, but I was, you know, I, when I was in the, in when I was in the 90s, along with everyone else, um, I did a lot of the like uh, blank t-shirt with open flannel on top, which is moderately, I also used to spike my hair, which is probably honestly looking back, it's it's the one thing that I did that I remember uh, my mom saying out loud, like, don't worry, it's just a uh, face. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I can totally imagine you with the whole flannel thing. I feel like you're wearing one right now even. I'm basically there. I just don't yeah. shirt under it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so if a movie was made about your life, what genre of movie do you think it would be? Uh, I mean, probably a documentary. If yeah. it was really going to be about my life, yeah. That's true. So I guess you would play yourself or who would play you? Yeah, it would just be me. Yeah. And it would be incredibly dull. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. No, no, no. My life is good. It's just, you know, I'm not uh, you know, sh driving cars real fast or shooting anybody, which yeah, you know, mean, is what makes a movie good. I feel like documentaries can be really cool. And it's just about like a passionate person and like checking out your website. You definitely have a lot of really interesting <laughs> things I think you could talk about. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, uh, there's, there's maybe a movie in like, uh, in like trying to call payphones or, or, um, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. did a project where I tried to, I recorded everything I <laughs> sold on eBay and then sent letters in the mail to everyone a year later to see how those objects were integrating into their life. But nobody responded to me. I think most of my attempts at sort of, uh, at, I, one of the big things that I, have always tried to do when I'm doing artistic projects, this has nothing to do with my honors class is, um, is to make strangers make art with me. Um, but it's, it's hard because a lot of the time you just scare them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. 
Um, so in the 60s, 70s, or oh, out of the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, which decade do you love the most and why? Well, I was only around for the for the 80s and 90s. Um. <laughs> but if you had to pick one, like the fashion, the music, you know, the icons coming out of each one. Right. I mean, I my bias is towards the 90s because I was a, a teen then, right? So I, like, absorbed yeah. a lot of those. But it's also so full of, um, like, hyper-saturated colors uh that i feel like maybe maybe i don't know i feel like that i really had an impact on my psyche uh and i i like it i i like crave that sort of i remember having crayons that were all like neon whatever color you know and yeah. they were all just like super vibrant versions of those colors and i cool i like that yeah you're definitely a color person <laughs> um so you have to sing karaoke what song do you pick oh man uh Lip gloss by Lil Mama. Nice. <laughs> All right. So the zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are three people that you want on your team? Like actual human beings? <laughs> yeah, or fictional characters. Okay. See that that changes alive, the dynamic. Oh, I mean, definitely alive. If they're dead, they're zombies. And well, that's no, then they're on the other team. <laughs> yeah, that's true though. <laughs> um Ooh, I don't know. Somebody strong, maybe a pro wrestler would be good. Um, somebody with a bunker who has a bunker. I'm okay. So for pro, we're gonna we're gonna go with Dwayne the Rock Johnson for my pro wrestler because he's the largest human being I can think of. Um, I mean, here's the issue with bunker people: is that they're all rich, and I probably wouldn't get along with them. <laughs> um, but if we can come up with a maybe, you know what? Maybe um. Oh, who who directed the Lord of the Rings movies? I bet he's got a bunker in New Zealand, and I bet I could hide in it and he wouldn't even know. So I'm going to put him on my team, but he has to not know that he's on my team. <laughs> um, And then a third one, I want um, somebody, uh, Dolly Parton, just to be nice to me. Heck yeah. Dolly Parton, yes. yes. I feel like she'd be great at boosting morale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think... Yeah, she has the skills that would keep us alive. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. So what is your favorite Pantone color? And explain, please. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't I don't know that I have a favorite necessarily, but I do love colors. Yeah. Um, and I uh and I love I mean, I, I have a, a couple of ways. I feel like you're deep diving into my nerdiness. I have a couple of ways of uh, of of cataloging them, and one of them I I like to sort of I I collect colors. I like try to find them in the real world and document them, and then I'll I'll find their nearest Pantone equivalent, um, which I think is just a sort of a helpful metric. And then I also will document um, as close as I can get to a hex a hex code to recreate them uh, digitally so you can use them later for things. Yeah, that kind of leads me into the next section. I was going to ask about your Instagram because I saw that you're collecting Pantone colors for later. And I thought that yeah. was like genius. And I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were like taking pictures of colors that you enjoyed and making up a like Pantone name for them because they always have like silly names or if you were actually like connecting it to real ones uh the <laughs> both i'm doing both i i'm finding colors out in the world and then uh i i give them i i find a pantone and i put it in there 
but I don't I don't actually look up the names of the Pantones. I do make up my own name for each color. <laughs> nice. um, and then I and then I put the hex code at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Maybe you should what's your Instagram handle name so people That's can look it up? Jay Wesley Lloyd. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. A beautiful Thank collection you. of colors. I'm a little stunned you found it because uh five or six years ago i was on a film set before i had an instagram and an actor on set made up a fake instagram for me that she once in a while will post pictures on so most of my friends think that that's my instagram and don't know about the one where i collect colors oh wow (laughs) yeah i really liked it um and then uh, speaking of other projects you kind of briefly mentioned the payphone experiment so i listened to the recording that you got (laughs) with the one lady where you're like i think it was like if you're going to die soon or like something that was like almost semi-threatening maybe. (laughs) Yeah. In retrospect, it was the wrong first question. I was like, I was like, I want to reach out to strangers. And then when I get them, I want to ask them really um, existential sort of like big, you know? So I wrote down a bunch of questions about like love and life. And uh, yeah, I think in the first one, when I asked something like, um, how are people going to remember you after you die or something, (laughs) which is something that in retrospect, yes, feels maybe more threatening than to, to receive on a random payphone in Las Vegas uh, than th- than I meant it to be. Um, I was hoping she would just give me a really uh, smart answer, or, or at least as like some interesting introspection. But instead, she got freaked out and hung up on me. Yeah. Do you remember any of the other questions? I feel like this would be a fun thing to like cold call professors or like other oh, yeah. people at ACC and ask. I don't remember them offhand. This was several years ago, but I could, yeah. I'm sure I could find them somewhere and send them to you if you want to. Yeah, we should wanna, collab on that. Yeah, start really bugging out podcast guests. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome podcast idea. Yeah, to like, okay. yeah, we should I'm do in. that. All right. Awesome. So you talked about your some projects that you've had, and I just wanted to know how long have you been in the film industry? That's, uh, that's sort of a hard question. I mean, I've been working, I've been making my own movies, right, for 20-ish years, probably. Um, so it sort of depends on how you define the industry, right? I probably, I've been getting paid to do movie stuff for probably 12-ish years. That's a number I just made up, but it's in that range somewhere. Um and it's, you know, it sort of uh comes and goes. Um but but I've been doing my own stuff for longer than that which uh, as you know you've probably extrapolated from the other things you've seen a lot of my own stuff is like a little bit janky and weird um but uh but the the bigger stuff that i've been getting you know i've 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 done other stuff i've done um you know like commercials and like uh industrial films and uh, shot a couple of features and stuff in the last 10 years or so so you've you've been working on film and whatnot for a long time it seems uh, how did you get your start? Um, I have to think. Well, so I I did my undergrad in upstate New York. And then, oh, and in one class that I took, actually, it was funny. I went to like a tiny liberal arts school, which is the kind of place where you don't, um, there's a film program, but you don't learn anything about uh, like how to make a movie. Um, it's It's just about like, they like give you a Bolex and they're like, go shoot the rain, maybe. Um, <laughs> but in one of my classes, the professor brought in a guy to talk about a guy who was a cinematographer to talk about um, a movie he had just shot called The American Astronaut, which I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a pretty weird, rad uh, musical. Um, 
but uh but this dude came in and he he talked to us and at the end of talking to us he was like hey here's my phone number hit me up sometime if you want to and then i graduated like a year later and i had always wanted not always i had sort of grown up tell me if i'm going way too deep on this i had grown up wanting to be okay (laughs) um (laughs) i doing a lot of photography just like still photography was sort of my like main i wished i could do art but my fingers are all stupid um so i so i figured out that i could using photography sort of invent images in a way that uh that i could do um and then i also i studied music composition for a long time um and one of my favorite things about music is it sort of, well, two things. One is it sort of impacts your emotions, sort of, it sort of like bypasses most of your brain, you know, it just makes you feel things. And the other thing is that it's, it's almost unique in the arts in that it sort of, it, it, it controls you through time, right? Most art, it's like when you're doing photographs, you take them and then you put them on a wall and then people interact with them as long as they want. But with music, you're like, you're going to feel this way. And then this other way, 18 seconds later, because that's what I decided. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I sort of started studying film in undergrad, I was like, oh, I can do those both at once. And I got really excited about cinematography. So that's sort of my main jam. Um, so the cinematographer came in and talked about his movie and was like, hit me up sometime. And so I called him like a year later and he was like, he was like, I've gone in and talked to that class like six times. And you're the only person that's ever even tried <laughs> uh, to hit me up. Um, wow. And so he like brought me in as an, an intern on several productions uh, for a while. And so I did that for a little while. I, I camera crew interned, which is mostly just like getting coffee for d- dudes. Um, and then I sort of managed to slowly weasel my way onto small productions and shoot little things. Um, and and I made my own weird movies. Uh, and uh, I don't know. And it just sort of, you know, slowly leaked out from there. I picked up little jobs, uh, little, little things that paid. Mm-hmm. Um I worked in theater in LA for a while, but doing like video projection design and stuff. Um, and then I and then I came to UT for grad school. Um, and and at that point, I had had some success, but that actually sort of it's a big sort of kick in the butt, right? Because you're just making movies, making movies, making movies for several years, mm-hmm. um, and getting sort of weaseling your your way into the uh, into the local industry. Right. I have to ask, just as a UT student, if when you were in grad school, did you ever get to work with Professor McConaughey? Um, he's pretty famous now on the UT campus. <laughs> he uh, he wasn't a professor when I was there. Okay, gotcha. So no. <laughs> so uh, in in your long time working in film, uh, I guess what kind of projects? were most interesting to you? And are there like any specific genres of, of film or anything that you're most drawn to? Yeah, I, so I, when I make movies, I tend to make more genre related movies. Um, I, my last few have been like pretty horror but like, um, like 1989 PG bright color rubber monster horror. Oh, cool. Um, Although that's, I like doing other things also, but that's just where I've been kind of lately. Um, but my my favorite, honestly, is probably doing cinematography um, and sort of coming in with other directors and trying to figure out how to like push their vision and figure out their thing. And I've the last two features I've shot have both been, um, I mean, very cheap, but also sort of very freewheeling um, and uh, 
and almost sort of doc style features where we're like handheld the whole time running around and just finding everything in the moment. And I get a lot of joy out of that. Um, it's fun to shoot things where you're like on a set and you have a dolly and, you know, everything's set up and there's 40 people and you're like, all, all right, lag, let's go. And then you like capture a moment really specifically eight times the same way. Right. There is mm-hmm. there is a lot of sort of like technical pride in that. And uh, and it is fun to do. But I lately have been getting a lot of joy at it. Just like being thrown into you were like all right we're under this bridge with the sun's over there let's go uh, and you're just like shooting and running and uh, I, I i like that a lot mm-hmm. yeah so I, it may be related to what you just said or you may have answered it already but is there a specific project that you are the most proud of or your favorite Ooh. project so i here's the thing is that i i'm always uh I'm like always climbing up, you know? So I'm, I've, uh, the last film I directed was a couple of years ago and I have like three scripts that I've finished writing since then, um, that I'm like trying to figure out how to, you know, one, one of them I could like maybe make if somebody gave me money and one of them I could not make because it has Luke Wilson in it and I can't afford Luke Wilson. Uh, and then there's another one that I'm writing right now that I'm trying to make like a much smaller scale that I can just do it. Um, and I'm more excited about any of those than about any of the ones I've already made. Um, but I'm I'm pretty happy with I'm mo- mostly everything I've done, I think. Uh, but it's it's hard for... I don't feel like... Um, and maybe this is an unhealthy attitude, but I've, I don't feel like happy just resting on my like pride on anything. I'm like, I've gotten the next one's better. Uh, so, uh, yes, the one I'm the most proud of is <laughs> the last one I make before I die. <laughs> Awesome. So you talked about money. If money was no problem at all, if we could make movies without money, what would you do? I wish. What would I do? Uh, I would not stop. I would never stop making movies. Um, I mean, I would make my Luke Wilson movie for sure. Um, Honestly, so I have a pile of scripts that I'm excited about and that I want to jump into. But there's one that I wrote 10 years ago. I co-wrote it with a good friend from undergrad who I don't get to see very, he lives in Boston, so I never see him anymore. Uh, But we co-wrote a movie called Adventure Girls. That's about three, like 10-ish year old girls uh, and one nine-ish year old boy who uh, all, (laughs) they all suffer grievous cartoonish injuries (laughs) and then go on a road trip to try to get to Canada for free healthcare. Uh, that is, it's super bonkers. It's a road trip movie. They like, a kid gets his hand bitten off by a dog and replaces it with a gardening tool. Um, a bunch of eighth graders get caught in a fire and then and melt in, merge with art supplies uh, and turn into art supply cyborgs. It's, it's, they, they run into a gnome outside of a diner. It's super bonkers, but I think maybe the most fun thing. Uh, I've ever been involved with and that's I think that's my capstone that I'm always aiming towards is to someday have the clout to convince some studio to put money into Adventure Girls. It does sound fantastic. I think it could also <laughs> work as a graphic novel as well. That's true. I should learn. I, this comes back to my dumb fingers, right? I, if I could learn how to draw, I could just bypass <laughs> movies entirely. <laughs> so what was what was the inspiration for that? Where did that come from? Oh, it's hard to say. That's <laughs> hard to say. Oh man. Um, all right. And I guess uh, kind of tying into that. So you, you, you've talked a bit about how you've, you've worked on a lot of independent projects. Yeah. Uh, but you've also worked on larger productions. Um, so would you say that you've worked more as a freelancer or have you worked for any major studios or anything like that? 
Oh, entirely freelance. Entirely freelance. Right on. Yeah, awesome. it's uh, the whole film industry pretty much is freelance. Even I have friends who are on uh, like Fear the Walking Dead. Um, I don't know if I know anyone who's on. There's one other show that's shooting in town right now. I don't know if I know anyone on that, but I know a bunch of people on Fear, and it's like they're all still freelance, even though they know what they're doing nine months out of the year. Um, but but even that, I've never been on like a show that was sort of like a long term contract. I just shoot films and commercials and industrials and everything. I don't think I've ever shot anything. Well, I've shot like super indie features that sort of grinded on for four years of like, let's shoot again this weekend. Um, but for the most part, things that I shoot last a month or two at most. Gotcha. So uh, what does your typical work week look like? Uh, do you work on a lot of independent projects as well as teaching or? It's I mean, it's been a little slow since since COVID. Um, right. But not to bring a bummer into the podcast, um, <laughs> but uh, t- typically, like if we look sort of pre that, it's it's it sort of comes and goes in blitzes, right? It's like the I'll I'll have a week where I'm just just preparing for the next week of teaching, and it's nice, and then uh, and then a week where I'm gone for six days. Um, usually, when you're on a shoot, it is six day weeks. Um, 12 to 14 hour days right so it's when you when you're shooting that's all <laughs> you're capable of doing um so which which can be hard uh to to combine with other work but so far i've been able to i think i've only missed one day of class ever so we'll, we'll try to stick with it um yeah but it's usually it's usually sort of short blitzes of uh but 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 they're also super um inconsistent so it's hard to say like a typical week right mm-hmm. um so my typical weeks right now are uh are teaching my class and then um and then writing and then and then pulling a motorcycle engine apart which is another <laughs> potential failure i'm in the middle of oh geez I mean- <laughs> Well, I feel like the pandemic though has offered us like a space to have hobbies or you know yeah. discover things. So, is there anything that you found that you just kind of got into because of the pandemic that you really hadn't created space for before that? Or, um, I the only two things that I've sort of dived into recently are um, are, are motorcycle main. Which which I don't know if you know this. If you're if you work at UT or at uh, ACC, you can um you can take a I, I get two free classes every year so basically one a semester so i've been taking motorcycle maintenance classes um which has been really fun (laughs) for me uh (laughs) and then and then the other this is super boring the other thing that i've started doing that i used to do but stopped for 10 years is exercising which you know when you're uh, getting up there it's smart it's smart everything starts hurting don't get older that's my advice to, to all you yeah that is the best way to avoid pain yeah. and... i was thinking maybe this is too dismal but i was thinking the other day that i think the best life plan would be to accomplish all your goals by 35 and then just sink into the ocean um <laughs> but it's too late for me i mean it's not a bad plan honestly and i feel like at this point in the pandemic people are really getting tired so yeah yeah it's true but maybe we have more inspirational things we can talk about. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Precious, did you have? Yeah. I mean, about Asian and all that stuff, what would your advice be to someone who's just getting into the movie industry? Sure. I, this is this goes a little uh, a little dark again for a second, which is the first thing that I tell, and I tell this to anyone who asks me for advice, is that if 
if they feel like they can do anything else, they should, because the film industry is inc- incredibly difficult and demanding, um, and it's super hard. There's no, like, real prescribed path into it, um, so it's really just about figuring out the thing that you are able to do and just <laughs> slamming your head against it until hopefully it works, right? Um, so it's a super... It's, it's, it's like if you can draw and you like to tell stories, then, then like maybe do comic books if you can write really well and you like to tell stories then like maybe do a book if if that all feels like if you're like i tried writing a book and i felt like i was gonna die because i wasn't making a movie then like then make movies right if you're if you're obsessively broken towards making movies then i think it's the right choice um and once you've (laughs) discovered that about yourself uh then it's then it's all about sort of what you there's a million different paths right um you can move to la and start PAing on things. That's probably the like the way to work in the industry, right? If that's your goal is um, is to be working on sets and have that be your career. Um, you start off as a PA and like end up somewhere. There's a million ways you can go from there. Um, or if you want to work, like I, I most of the people who talk to me about it want to do camera stuff. Um, and the path there is like start off as a camera intern and then try to become an assistant camera uh, where you're like pulling focus, which is super intense um, and and hopefully work your way up to DP from there. And then sometimes DPs work their way up to director on some things. Um, but also, you know, there's a good chance you'll end up being an assistant camera for your whole life, which is an awesome, well-paid job. Um, but that, But if you want to be in charge of your own movies then really the only path is just start doing it um which is also really difficult right because movies require a lot of moving parts um there i it's impossible to shoot a movie is the thing right it's there's just so many things have to line up and a lot of them are people and a lot of them are providence and uh and it's just it's it can't happen so you just have to force it to happen um and and also they're very expensive. So you just kind of have to you have to figure it out and figure out how you can make something that you can afford to make. Um, and, you know, there are ways to make things very cheap. Uh, I would encourage anyone who's who's looking at making a super cheap movie to think about there's that sort of triangle that you see popping up all over the place. That's like fast to cheap or uh, or good. Right. And you can like pick two of them. Um, don't pick fast. Just make it slow. Just make your movie over the course of three years. Um, you can do that and you can make a really nice, you know, you can go out with two friends and shoot some stuff every other weekend. Uh, and I know that that's super not gratifying, especially if you're 19 and you're like, ah, oh, by the time I finish this, I'll be in my 20s. Right. And then uh, and you're like slugging along on this thing and it's taking forever. But you can you can make a better thing that way than you can in two weekends uh, in terms of like quality, you know, you can make a really nice thing in two weekends also, if, if that's the vibe you're going for. Do you think it's helpful to young filmmakers to be in Austin? Cause we have Austin film society and also like multiple, uh, film festivals. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, yes, yes, I do. Um, Austin film society is, is awesome. Um, and I totally recommend joining, especially if you're trying to do film stuff. I mean, they're, even if you're not, their theater is super badass. Can I say badass on the podcast? Am I breaking a room? No, okay. you're saying it's all And their lead film programmer, Lars Nilsson, is, is a genius. He's one of the best film programmers in the nation working right now. Um, 
so join them regardless. But also they have a really strong grant program, which uh, which is worth, I mean, you worth the price of admission if you get it once every eight years, you know, you're still, you're making out like a bandit. Um, so totally recommend that. They're, they're very supportive and they've supported me in a bunch of ways and it's been really, it feels good <laughs> to have a group be like, you're doing something. Um, and also, yeah, and we do have a bunch of festivals, which is also super rad, because if you live in a smaller town, it's hard to, one of the biggest parts, right, of, of being successful in movies is meeting other people who are doing movies, uh, who are, who are more successful than you and buying them a drink (laughs) and convincing them that you're cool. Uh, and you have a lot of opportunities, you know, and, and opportunities in different sort of styles, right? Like Austin Film Festival is awesome to meet writers, and uh, South by is good to meet sort of like bigger indie things. And Fantastic Fest is here, which if you're into genre stuff is like a mecca. Uh, it's it's the biggest thing in North America. Um, and then there's, you know, 800 other smaller festivals um, that sort of cater to different things. And there's a couple other in other cities uh, like Oak Cliff up in Dallas is a super fun festival. Um, Wasn't Taiki Watiti at the last Fantastic Fest? Probably with uh, like he was there. With this Nazi and... movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jojo Rabbit, right? Yeah, 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 with Jojo Rabbit. I well, believe that. fantastic, though. I mean, I, yeah. I really appreciate his stuff. Um, yeah. I I also um, was wondering, because I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, if there's also like that moral question, if you want to work in film. Like my brother went out to LA, very idealistic, to become this big filmmaker, and then realized, oh, wow, I have to be a terrible person or really cutthroat to make it in this. And I don't know if that was like, you know, just his experience. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's common or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, the thing with movies is that I, I was going to say everyone, but that's obviously uh, an exaggeration, but like a lot of people want to be working in film, right? It's, it's one of those industries where there are way more interested people than there are, than there is space for interested people. Um, so it is, you almost have to be sociopathic <laughs> to like carve out your path, yeah. um, which, which sort of goes back to the Austin question, right? Because Austin broadly is a much chiller place to be, um, than somewhere like LA or New York. So the industry here is also a little bit chiller. It's still, you really have to gun for anything in order to get it right. You really have to hustle hard, um, to, to do things, uh, but but it is, I think, Austin, it's way easier to pull together your own sort of low-budget production, right? If you were in New York or L.A., it would be incredibly expensive to make a low-budget movie. Um, but in Austin, you can kind of just do it. Yeah. Um, so it depends on what you're doing. But, yeah, getting getting crew positions is, it is hard. It is a fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he is a computer programmer now, so we can oh. say that he left that because he did want to keep his conscience intact. So Yeah, it seems like he made a smart choice, probably financially. Yes, he did. He's marrying an artist, so I guess he's still Perfect. kind of doing art, you know, in his life that way. Yeah. Um, and you can always do art on the side, right? If you if you can possibly do another job. Here's my, my issue, and the reason I went into it is that I have no skills. Um, so really, if I'm either taking pictures or I'm writing like middling music or I'm doing cinematography, which I'm pretty good at. Um, and it's the only thing that I've found that I'm, that I'm pretty good at. I, I also make like a pretty decent grilled cheese, but that's it. So I couldn't work as a line cook unless it was an exclusively grilled cheese place. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, what? 
I was going to ask, um, you talked about writing. What's your favorite part of the production? Is it writing, editing the aftershots or the photography part? Oh, it's definitely the middle part where we're where we're on set shooting the thing. That's that's the best. I mean, writing is I find a lot of gratification in writing. Um, but when you finish writing a script, it's it's like you made a blueprint as an architect, right? It's like you finish this thing, but it's not a done thing. Um, it's just a it's an outline you have for a bigger thing that you'll hopefully make later. Um, so I do love it. And I love I have a lot of stories um, that I'm excited about and that I like like to put down uh, and I like figuring out scenes and like breaking down characters um, but really when you're out there getting the shots um, and it's like a group of people and you're all sort of like moving as a unit you, you're like flowing together like a like a big old slime mold just like pushing through the street like devouring the script and uh, pulling all these elements together and making them into something that's gonna be a movie it feels really good that's interesting. I think um, Sammy has some more questions tailored to the owners program that she asked you. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, also, I mean, this kind of goes back to what you were saying about how you can kind of create your own thing. And like, you know, I mean, I think a, a bigger idea also is that the way we measure success doesn't have to be necessarily like a Hollywood blockbuster, right? Yes. Um, and so my question is, because, you know, honor students, we usually are pretty quirky and into the weird. Are there like maybe some niche, like, film genres or things that you think people should look into like if to give you an example i'm very into like the korean monster genre oh sure it's my newest thing that i'm really getting into and i love to see that netflix is like really taking a lot of these tv shows <laughs> and stuff so is there one that you think is just really cool that maybe students should be looking out for I don't know if I could just pick one. I mean, first of all, uh, if they want to know my suggestions, they should just take my class because then I'll make them watch uh, 28 movies and they're all going to be a little weird uh, and and fun. Um, that's not true. There's at least one that will not be fun, um, <laughs> but they'll all be weird. Um <laughs> And then at the end of class, I usually send out a big list. I'm like, here's a bunch of movies that I we mentioned or that I wish we could have watched. Uh, so I'll, I will inundate you with suggestions. Um, I'll even personalize them uh, if if you if you take the class. Um, broadly, though, I don't. It's it's hard. I really I really like a wide berth of things. Um, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a nine minute answer to your simple question. Again. Go for Sorry. it. I'm... Uh, <laughs> my, my general interest is in films that are wh where the filmmakers are making interesting choices, um, which sounds like a dumb thing to say, but I mean it like a lot of the movies that sort of are, are big successful movies are movies where everyone involved is making good choices um, like correct choices. And they're putting together a film that is like, that works correctly. Right. Um, but I really like it when filmmakers are making just daring choices or interesting choices or trying things. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not so good. Um, but they are at least trying things. That's what grabs me as an audience member is when is when there's something happening that I haven't seen before or that uh, or they're like twisting the logic of something in a in a technical way. I, I think that's what made Jurassic Park so successful because it went out of the norm. And movies like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jurassic Park does a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> um, and and has like the, it has the sort of like joy and uh, bomb 
bombacity, bombasticness, pomposity. What am I looking for? Bom- I like bombasticness just on principle. Yeah. It sounds like a great word. But... Okay, it has the bombasticness of a uh, of a blockbuster, um, <laughs> but it also does some like sort of gnarly stuff. It also has amazing uh, animatronics. All the Stan Winston. Have you ever, there's uh, behind the scenes videos of them like testing out the Consignathus where it's just like this little puppet and you can see the rods coming off of it and they're operating it and it's looking around and it's like mind blowing to watch. Wow. You're like, that's an alive creature, but also I can see it being operated. Well, I mean, also, I guess like it also confronts a lot of like bioethics, like questions on like what we should be allowed to do. I mean, cause I read yesterday <laughs> in NPR that we have now successfully made an embryo that's part monkey and part human. And Why? yeah, I dropped that. <laughs> it's, it's mainly, I think they're trying to like harvest organs kind of situation. <laughs> but the thing is like, this is terrifying and we need to talk yeah. about it. And I definitely dropped that bomb into like a chat, a group chat of some biologist friends that I have and they uh. were just horrified. But yeah, so Jurassic Park prepares us kind of for the future, I feel. That's true. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's it it is only a matter of time before a super rich person uses existing DNA to reinvent dinosaurs and puts them on an island. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, we're already working on like a space hotel, right? Yeah. That's also I just think I'm really terrified of where technology is going, so <laughs> I have I think I think the correct use of putting people in space is to do sports. I think they should just put zero gravity sports arenas up there. You fly 40 people up there, they play a sports game, and then they fly back down, you know? That sounds like a great form of entertainment yeah. for it. I'd really like to see sumo wrestling in space, honestly. I don't know if y'all, any of you in. have watched Japanese like sumo wrestling. It's amazing. It's a beautiful sport. <laughs> Does the winner push the loser just out of the, like, into space? Yes. That will also, I mean... That's intense. <laughs> I'm also shocked at how much slapping is involved in sumo wrestling as well. And I feel like in zero gravity, the slapping would be a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're kind of going off topic now, Um, but I think, you know, in some ways you've kind of let the honor students know who you are as a person and what your interests are. Um, But I guess to go back to kind of, you know, your class and what students should expect, because your class will be new. Um, you know, it's the first time we're offering it and it's starting this fall. Um, so I kind of want to go back a sec and just find out how did you find out about the honors program? Like, how did you get involved? What was the connection? What happened? Yeah. Sure. Um, my, I have to put a caveat on here. My, my partner is in the honors program. That's not how we met. Uh, she's an adult. Uh, we, we were cohabitating before. Uh, before she joined the honors program. There's nothing weird about it. Um, But she was looking at honors classes uh, and I was looking over her shoulder as she was signing up and I was like, oh, there aren't any film classes. Uh, I'm going to pitch one. (laughs) That was really the genesis of it. The other thing is that I've been teaching this intro cinema class for a few semesters um, and I tried last semester, two semesters ago, who knows? Um, I tried throwing a bunch of readings into it and the readings that I was throwing at my students were all sort of like dense and esoteric and philosophical, which uh, is the kind of stuff that I like to read. Um, and they were all, all of them universally were like, this is horrible and I hate it. And why are you doing this to us? Um, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to pitch this honors class and then I'll make those kids read this stuff. 
Excellent. I mean, yeah. and I think that's, I mean, personally, I think that's what's cool about the honors program is that you do get to kind of do deep dives into things that you probably couldn't get away with in regular classes. Yeah. So um, since I guess this is still an intro to film course that you'll be teaching, what can students expect from your course this fall? Like, and what do you think will be different from the standard intro to film course other than like what you mentioned before? Um, we're going to sort of like tear things apart on a little bit more of a granular level, um, which, which comes from the readings that we'll be doing. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, in my, in the normal class, it's like, we can only sort of go as deep as I can explain during class time, <laughs> um, which is, you know, decent, but not as far as I want to go. Um, so in, in using these readings, we can really, uh, we can really like get into some like heavier philosophy um, and look at different, more interesting angles of, uh, of what is cinema and like what makes it work. And um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I talk about in my normal class, but I, but I, but it, it helps to read 12 pages of densely written material, you know, to really get it. Um, so that'll, that's the biggest difference. Um, and then I, I switch out films sort of willy nilly um in all my classes and i think i'll they'll probably i try to sort of follow the tide of the group um and, and so usually i end up starting out kind of gnarly and then like easing back a little bit um so, but we'll see hopefully i'll get a group of people who were like oh this movie where we just looked at a lemon for seven minutes was great uh and then i'll and then i'll push harder into that angle you know or they'll be like Oh, this documentary that's sort of about tennis, but is really about how much cameras are irritating, uh, is was really good. And then I can show another movie that's sort of like self-referential documentary stuff. Nice. Is there a film that's about like that, you know, presents as about tennis, but actually is about cameras being annoying? Or was that just an yeah. example? No, it's a great movie. It's called John McEnroe in the Realm of Perfection. <laughs> Excellent. We'll probably watch it in the class. It's a great movie. <laughs> Great, great. I'll check it out. Um, so we, we asked you, you know, what your dream film to create would be if money was no object. I want to know if you could have like your dream class either to teach or if you think that there should be a class made about a specific thing that you could take, what would it be and why? I'm taking this class? Well, either, you know, is there like a dream class you'd like to teach, you know, that you know that the college would never approve, but if they did allow you, you could just go wild. Or if you're like, you know, like what class could you like see in the Austin Chronicle and be like, I'm taking that. I mean, honestly, I want to know what you have to say about both, but I don't want to put pressure on you. So. No, I'll, I'll give you both. The For, for teaching, I... There's uh, a friend of mine, Deb Lewis, who teaches at UT, has a class that she invented called Cinema Laboratory that I would... I like have in my back pocket as my pitch anytime anyone's going to ask me that I is, is sort of a twist on hers where it's the idea is that you're sort of going and treating the process of making movies like science where you're like going in and sort of breaking down a thing and figuring out how to get it um, and like and doing really granular studies on like just looking at color in a shot or just looking uh, at motion in a shot. And I think that is phenomenal and uh, and like an important thing for everyone to do who wants to make movies, but nobody really does it. Um, where you're like, all right, we're going to make a shot where somebody's here and they're on a boat. What are, let's come up with 15 ways to do it. Right. And we'll rear project it. Uh, we'll move a boat. We'll uh, put them on a moving dolly in front of a static boat. Right. There's like, yeah, whatever. Um, that's, that's my, like, I'm itching to teach that class. Uh, 
In terms of taking, I mean, I would probably, I mean, I space sumo studies. I'm into that class where we watch and process the, the most recent space, space sumo. I inspired that today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would take most classes. I love I love taking classes. Is that obnoxious? That's probably. I bet everyone in the honors program is like that, right? You're all obnoxious in the same way I am. Yeah, <laughs> joining the right team. Just yeah. a bunch of nerds that are coming together and yeah, encouraging each other. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, if someone could teach me to draw, really, that would probably be the best. Yeah. <laughs> Others have tried. I, I I know. I feel like that's something also I've really tried to master. But I feel like maybe drawing, just being able to. Drawing in order for it to actually look like what you want it to look like, that is yeah. something that people are born with. I don't know that, yes. I don't know that if you can just, you know, train yourself into that. I don't know. <laughs> Nora's like nodding or are you disagreeing, Nora? I don't yeah, know. No, I was going to say, like, I feel like that's with any skill that people have. So like, I'm sure like when you started filming movies, like your first one probably wasn't like that good, right? Definitely. But you kept practicing and like going back and trying again. And that's the same thing with art. And like, I love doing art. And I know a lot of people that are, see people who do good art and then feel like they can't try at all. And they feel so discouraged. And I'm like, hey, it's just something that like you do every day or like even just do it again and again. And as long as you don't like stop because you think you're bad, like I think then you can make something beautiful. And like, I don't think that only beautiful drawings have to be realistic, so I want to take Nora's honors drawing class. That's... Spoken as a true Pisces. Thank you, Nora. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, well, you know what? It's been awesome chatting with you. Is there anything you kind of want to say to the honors community before we finish up today? Or I don't know. I guess I was kind of put you on the spot with that. Sorry. You've already shared a lot of anything cool information. <laughs> Drink more water. Try to get enough sleep. Take care of your body and your brain. Uh, and take my dumb class. Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't call it dumb. Take my class. Take my, it's not going to be, it's going to be great. I just call all my things dumb because that's, it's a defining aesthetic principle for my work. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are excited um, to introduce your class in the fall. And thank you for talking with us today and have a good weekend. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. you too. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, all right. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Hey Nara, what do you think? Would you some wrestle in space? I'd at least like to see it. What about you listeners? Let us know on our Instagram. At ACC underscore honors program. You can also follow us on our Twitter. At ACC underscore honors. We hope you had a blast on Earth Week and kept the Earth green and safe. And to all of our Muslim listeners, we wish you a Ramadan Kareem and Eid Mubarak. Happy Mother's Day and Cinco de Mayo. So, Nora, who are we talking to next week? Professor Conrad Miller. Hey, Precious, did you even take his course? Yes, I did, and I enjoyed it. And he adds the scientist to the liberal arts and makes it much more interesting. I can't wait to interview him next week. We post episodes every other Friday. Stay tuned for our next one. In the meantime, don't forget to stay nerdy, stay curious, and don't forget to wear a mask. Thanks for listening.